0: I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Perhaps you're watching on our our website or perhaps our Facebook, or maybe you're tuning in on our podcast. We consider it an honor to have you with us and and an extension of this family. Hope Covenant, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners? And I say it every week. I'll say it again. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Let's just welcome the Lord this morning one more time, and Father, we just welcome you and ask you to speak to our hearts. Open our ears and open our hearts, Father, that we would receive this, and Father, I thank you that you would provoke us this morning to action in all of these areas of what has our heart. Lord, as we ask this question and we look to you and we ask you to speak to us, not Pastor Adam, but you, that you would speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus, would you shout amen? amen. Awesome. Church, I love you guys. I want to say this before we dig into the message that uh, Liz and I just came back from her father's funeral this weekend. A lot of you have been asking and praying and sending messages and texts, and we thank you for that. Uh, It's just really awesome. It was really an anointed time of celebrating a man who is now standing with Jesus and not suffering anymore. Um, And it, it is an exciting time. It truly was a celebration of his life and a celebration of his life to be now in eternity. How many of you are longing for that moment? And so we drove in, we got here really late, and we're super energized. We're actually not tired, we're passionate, because we believe there's a God encounter for every one of you. You know, I, I was praying last night as I was laying in bed at two in the morning, praying that I could get just a little bit of sleep. And uh, I felt the Lord say that today is a moment where He's going to shift some things for this church. And so I want to encourage you, if you're here, you're not here to just hear another message, You're not here to hear words. You are here to hear from the Lord. And I believe that God has some great things for us as we respond in obedience to these words. So what has your heart is the question, and we've been talking, uh, we started this last week um, just talking about the expansion of territory, and I believe the word of the Lord for us as a church and for you individually is that God is expanding this year. He's expanding your reach. He's expanding your territory. He's expanding your influence. This is a time to walk by faith and not by sight. I believe the Lord is going to ask you to step out in some areas that will maybe disrupt your comfort zone. And if it doesn't, it's probably not big enough. I said that last week. This is not a year to let fear hold you back. Not that there's ever a year to let fear hold you back. But this year, we have got to overcome this in the name of Jesus. We know that perfect love casts out all fear. So getting close to God will remove fear. Amen? I need you all to shout at me today. This is a time to step out that I believe is ordained by God. We read 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 to 11. I want to read it again. That There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, all that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from trouble, all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Now, I believe that God is granting requests. The Bible says that we are to make our requests made known to him. I want to ask you this. And if you're taking notes and I want to ask everybody to really lock in and not be distracted this morning. How many of you have maybe you have a request from God, but you've not made it known? How many of you know it is scriptural and it is important that the requests that we have and the things that we're desiring that are in our hearts that we believe are from the Lord, that we pray them through. Yeah. If you're not praying it through and you're not really going after these things in your prayer closet, I, I want to encourage you to start doing it. Yeah. It's not too late. Make your requests made known and really, really fight for those things in prayer. Keep, keep continually do these things. Repetition is revelation and keep doing them because God will speak to you. He's Lord over our blessings. God determines our blessing. And when we walk in obedience, he also re- determines the response to the very blessing that he gave us. In other words, if God gives me a thousand dollars, Liz and I are very careful to say, Lord, what do you want us to give with the thousand dollars that you just gave us. That is our immediate prayer. Liz and I have made this a practice that whenever we receive, we ask the Lord, what are we to do and give? How many of you know you cannot out That's God? Right. You cannot. Out- In fact, I just heard a story of somebody this week who the Lord kept blessing them. And they were not doing this intentionally, but you guys have probably all heard stories like this before. But they kept giving, and they kept getting. And it was like the more they gave was the more they were getting. And they were amazed at this principle, and they were like, this really works. And this was somebody who who was actually new to the Lord, and they were like, I cannot believe how this works. We've got to stop being stingy and ask God, Lord, is what I'm doing right now really for the purpose of your kingdom first? first fruits god this is yours so even our blessings are not ours they belong to the lord i've said last week and in this we're just about done with recapping that obedience is better than sacrifice we need to do what god says to do when he says to do it and not delay amen because delayed obedience is disobedience What that means is when God speaks and God says, go for it, and you hold back, that's disobedience. Go for it in the exact moment that he says to do it. It's yes, sir, we'll do it. I want to read to you Acts 5, verse 1 to 10, and here's where we're digging into this week's message. But a man named Ananias was with his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property. Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard the word, these words, he fell down and breathed his last breath. And great fear came upon all who heard it. Now, I want to pause right there. Great fear came as a result of disobedience. Wow. Wow. There was a revelation in that as I was reading this this morning and going through it in my office That fear was spurred on because of disobedience. I wonder how many of us are dealing with fear and we're casting out and binding a spirit of fear, but we're leaving room for fear because of disobedience. We're not under the covering and the protection of the Lord. You go, oh, I thought that was just financial. No, no, no. It's spiritual. It's straight spiritual. We just read it. I just read that straight out of scripture. That there was fear that was spurred on as a result of disobedience. Now, if you're already annoyed by this message, you need to check the spirit that's in operation in you right now. You go, oh, man, what? why are you being so strong? I haven't even gotten strong yet. It's going to get better, all right? Yeah. Verse 6. Yeah, we will. We will. Thank you, Kieran. I appreciate that. And I didn't pay him to say that. <laughs> the young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Isn't that an encouraging word? Happy Mother's Day, everyone. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in not knowing what happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband at the door, they will carry you out. Immediately she fell and breathed her last breath. And when the young man came in, they found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear once again came upon the whole church and upon all those who heard of these things. And I want to say this: if you're taking notes, when God has your heart captive, you don't hold back from him. That's good. Not from me. That's why I'm telling you as your pastor, you ain't holding back from me. I'm not worried. And I've gotten to the place where, where I go, and, and by the way, this is not a manipulative message, and we're going to get there. We're going to talk about this today. I'm just giving you an opportunity because that's what the Lord has called me to do. But I, I want to say that it, it is important that we are, we are pressing in not to the voice of a man, but to the voice of the Lord for these things. Idolatry happens Whenever we see, we seek satisfaction outside of the will of God. Can I read that again? I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. Idolatry happens whenever we seek satisfaction outside of the will of God. That ends up turning into disobedience. We end up having idols when we seek things that are not in line with the will of God for our lives. Which is why I encourage you, no matter what step you take, pray about it before you take that step. We were at a church, and... I felt like we were supposed to resign months before we actually did, because every time I went to do it, I did not hear from God. I want to say this. If you don't hear from the Lord, don't do it until you do. You stand when you don't hear from the Lord, and you don't move until you do, and that will keep you under the protection of the Lord. It's like, Lord, I am not moving till you tell me what you want. Until I know your will, I don't want to be outside of your will, so I'm just going to go back to the original thing that I know I heard last, and that's Stand. Liz and I were counseling with a pastor when we were getting ready to start Hope Covenant Church, and we had a job offer out in in Houston. I've talked about it many times, and I went to this pastor in tears, and I said, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do this, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I guess I'll just do that. He goes, no, no, no. When you don't know what to do, you go back to the last word you got from the Lord, and you stand, and you don't move until you hear from God. And I said, yes, sir, that's what I'm going to do. And then Hope Covenant was birthed out of that process of obedience. Obedience. I'm just giving you my personal life examples because it's all I got. But I tell you, it works. But I want to build some trust with you as your pastor. I want to build some trust with you as your pastor, and I want to talk about this. We often distance ourselves when things get awkward. We pull away. How many of you know that? How many of you have ever dealt with somebody who is a pain in the rear and you start backing off because it starts to get awkward? The relationship is awkward. We start to talk about money in church, and it's like we start to crawl into the turtle shell. We get awkward. But I want to lean into this and not pull back because relationships are built when you dig in and you lean into the awkward places. Liz and I were just dealing with a heated discussion. I won't call it an argument, a heated marital discussion. I know none of y'all have those. It's just us. But I said to Liz, I said, Liz, we are going to lean into this conversation. We're not going to pull back because we need to talk about this. And she said, I'm not talking about it. She closed the door. She's like, I'm not talking about it. And I, I, I went back in there and I said, babe, I feel that we're supposed to talk about this. I feel we're supposed to lean in. And she started crying and she said, you know, the Lord spoke to me about the same thing. We need to lean into this. You're absolutely right. And we had the most anointed dialogue we've ever had in our marriage because we leaned into an awkward subject that needed to be discussed. Some of you need to write that down and start leaning in and stop being a baby, stop being a pansy Christian and lean into the awkward conversations that need to be had so you can make a difference in your marriage, in your lives, in your personal life. If you're single, that includes you. I'm preaching better than you're a but that's okay. I want to full-fledged dive into the topic of faith, and I want to full-fledged dive into the topic of money. How many of you have seen a pastor or a church mishandle money in this room? Anybody seen a pastor or a church mishandle money? Yeah, we've all seen it. And oftentimes the excuse when it comes to money is, I don't want to be a part of this church or I don't want to give because I've seen a pastor or I've seen a church that has mis." Handled money, and that's a very real thing. I want to address that. Now, I want to talk to you as your pastor today and say I've also seen the opposite because we're getting ready of uh, we're getting rid. We're leaning in. We're getting rid of the five hundred pound gorilla. Amen. I've seen church manipulate pastors with money. Oh, I'll give you thirty thousand, but pastor, here's the deal: I want the chairs to be blue next week. How many of you know when we give to the Lord, we give without strings attached? Do you know why this is called a vision fund? Because ain't nobody going to tell me what to do as your pastor but the Lord. Yeah, and you cannot manipulate me with money. I cannot be bought, and you shouldn't be bought either. That should be your thing. Manipulation is witchcraft. If I try to manipulate you with an amount on here, that is witchcraft. If you try to manipulate me with what you want me to do, that is witchcraft. Anytime you see control and manipulation, it's witchcraft. And how many of you know manipulation needs to go in the name of Jesus? We don't play that game here at Hope Covenant Church. We lay it all out there in honesty, and we read scripture, and we apply it. We're going there today. It's awfully quiet in this Pentecostal church this morning. That's what witchcraft is, control and manipulation. But I want to lean into this convo and build trust today. Because in order for us to take the territory collectively as a family, by the way, Hope Covenant Church is not a building. It's not carpet. It's not the chairs that your fanny's sitting on right now. It's us. And we are a family. We are a family. Y'all got me started. At Hope Covenant, we don't manipulate We motivate and we advocate for obedience. I refuse to partner with greed. But I'm going to speak today about a heart towards obedience because I think we can all deal with that. In Proverbs 30, verse 8 to 9, remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. So let's take a look at some verses on money. First Timothy six, verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So guys, money can be a real stronghold. First Timothy three, verse three, not drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. In other words, we're not supposed to be a lover of money. We're supposed to love the Lord who, by the way, will provide the money. That's right. Hebrews 13, verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I want to stop right here. And I want to say this, that money is neither good nor evil. Money is a currency to do life. Yep. Yeah. And it is good when we are blessed. I, I do believe in living a blessed life. But money is not good or evil. It's the love of money that gets you in trouble. By the way, it's the love of money that keeps you constantly going, I got to have more, 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 more to where you cannot relax and rest in the presence of the Lord because you're so driven that you're distracted by this thing called mammon that we're going to talk about. We're going to go there today because many of you are lacking peace. And the only way to get back that peace is to address the thing that's keeping you from being free. And keeping you from peace. The love of money is where you get into sin and greed. Usually people who don't steward money well will blame money as the issue rather than their lack of discipline. I'm not stewarding my cash well. I'm blowing it on this or that. And then I blame money as the problem. And then you go, God, I just need more. I just need more. I just need. And the Lord's going, listen, I've stewarded you this that's mine and you don't even give to me. How am I supposed to help you? How am I supposed to bless you? Listen, this is straight from Scripture. It's typical of our generation to blame everybody else. Everybody else is the problem. But I want to ask you if you're here today, are you getting your priorities in order where it's kingdom first? The Scripture says that we're to give to the storehouse. That's the church where you're fed. Where are you fed spiritually and are you giving to that place? Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either. He will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That's Jesus. You can't serve God and your cash. Luke 16 verse 13, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now I want to deal with this term mammon and I want to break down what is mammon and where did this word mammon come from? The definition of the word mammon, wealth or profit or injustice, unjust riches, the God of riches, the God of money. How many of you know we serve one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I do not serve the God of money. Because of my relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am blessed and I receive money, which is neither good nor evil. And I don't fall in love with it because then I am serving the God of mammon. Did I break that down well? So mammon is a spirit that rests on money. The centurions adopted this spirit from the Babylonians. You guys remember the Babylonians? They built the Tower of Babel. We're going to read about that. Genesis 11, verse 4. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Everybody say ourselves. Ourselves. Yeah, self-focused otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth they were trying to make a name for themselves they were trying to build a kingdom of their own and i want to ask you this today are you trying to build an empire for yourself or are you building something that is god-centered and god first i am doing this so that the wealth can flow in and flow right into the kingdom is that your prayer Lord, that you would not just provide for me, that you would give me excess that I could be a blessing. Man, that's the kind of thing the Lord will bless. We have a multimillionaire friend who is a kingdom resource guy. And he gives and gives and gives and gives. And man, every single year, it's like his financial, he's he's actually a fortune 500 guy. And gets write ups in magazines all the time. And they ask him, How did you get so wealthy? And his response is, You can't outgive God. Yes. He's a little eccentric. I knew, I knew a guy one time at, at a church we were at who had a Mercedes Benz with a license plate and says, I tithe. <laughs> and honestly, you would think, Well, oh, this guy is prosperity. He's all about himself. It was funny. But he was actually giving a testimony. This guy gave millions to the kingdom millions one of our top givers i believe amazing the favor of god on this man's life he was giving testimony to god but the babylonians and the centurions that dealt with this this spirit of mammon they wanted to make it on their own without god yeah i'm going to i'm going to get there by my work ethic yeah okay let me know how that works out for you no we need the spirit of the lord to breathe on us how many of you are tired of doing things in your own strength? You're like, I'm at the end of the rope. I just need you to move, God. This is too difficult. Because can I tell you, it's such a relief when you just give up and let God. Yes. You go, God, I'm going to give, and I'm going to trust that you're going to provide. Because he will come through. He will come through. Everybody say, he will, come through. he will come through. So the spirit of mammon is when you struggle with greed. Enough is never enough. You always want more. It will divide your heart and split it, your focus from the provision that comes from God it deceives you into thinking you can achieve wealth in your own strength mammon gets you on the performance wheel and you're focused on achieving but you're never satisfied that's what a spirit of mammon does mammon results in stuff becoming your god mammon convinces you that you will finally be generous when you have more but scripture says that when we are generous we will have more of I mean, you ever I've been there before. I'm Listen, I'm not waving a finger at you. I've been there before. Lord, when you do this, I'll do this." And God goes, no, that's not how it works. That is not how it works. If your value is placed on your net worth, you're struggling with the spirit of Mammon. Wow. Spirit of Mammon causes excessive worry over finances. Wow. If you're worried about money, Spirit of Mammon, yep. check yourself spirit of mammon creates constant comparison over stuff and money. You look at Instagram. Oh, Johnny's got this. Betty's got this. That bigger house, that, that car, that lake house on Lake Norman. I'm trying to get personal now. I mean, I want a lake house on Lake Norman. Can I get an amen? It doesn't mean I struggle with mammon, but when we get into comparison, it's a problem. Yes. And I want, to, I want to encourage you with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting a lake house on Lake Norman. Amen. I had a hanky just wave somewhere in this room. (laughs) But a spirit of mammon creates constant comparison over stuff and money. Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 13 verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word out, by the way, making it unfruitful. You got to be careful that money doesn't get in the way of the truth of the word. That's a problem. People that struggle with mammon call their stuff fruit. And I, and I want to explain that to you. It's not to say that when we bear fruit, we end, when, when the Lord moves, that we don't end up with things. I'm not saying that. But when you hear people constantly talking about their stuff... And they refer to that as fruit, but there's no focus and emphasis put on the fruit of the spirit and it's out of balance. Now, you know, you're dealing with the spirit of mammon. Does that make sense? Like in other words, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, all of those things. We go ahead and omit those and we're just focused on stuff being the fruit instead of the fruit of the spirit. We get an off kilter, off balance thing. We're not even acting like a Christian because we're constantly achieving. That's where you deal with the spirit of mammon. When you struggle with mammon. You're afraid of not having enough before it's even gone. Wow. Yeah, you watch the Israelites deal with that, where they were storing manna, not mammon, manna, the food that they were they were eating, and they would store more and more and more and more and more. And what happened? It spoiled and went bad because they weren't supposed to do that. They were supposed to walk by faith and that God would give them the daily amount that they needed in that day. I want to encourage you to not be like the Israelites, but to understand that God is going to give you what you need today for today. And at the close of that day, I would get into the habit of going, thank you, Lord, that I have what I have today. I'll give you an example. Liz and I sorry, live in a two-bedroom townhome. I don't know what the square footage is, but it's not large. In fact, it's, it's a glorified apartment. Let's go ahead and say that. We would like a bigger house. But here's what Liz and I started doing. We started thanking God for the home that we have and the blessings that we have, knowing that God, when you want to provide a bigger house, we're here for you. Yeah. So Lord, when you want to bring increase, you do it. We're not griping and we're not complaining because we don't want to hang out in the wilderness. We don't want to hang out in, in the back end of the desert anymore. So we're going to praise God. And you know what? We are starting to see some real financial breakthrough as a result of thankfulness. And I'm not going to worry about tomorrow's paycheck. I've been there before. And all it does is result in anxiety and fear and bring you down. So we started taking authority over that. And we started taking authority of it when it looked bad. And how many of you know now, praise God, it looks good. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jireh, you are enough. He's more than enough. I want to bring you to this story Elijah went to a widow woman and asked her to make him a cake. She said, I only have enough for me and my son. And she said, I, my plan is actually to eat this cake and die. In other words, I'm not going to have any more. That's how much we lack, she was saying. She couldn't see that God sent a prophet, Elijah, and that God would take care of her and provide for her. She was gripped by a fear of lack. That's a spirit of mammon. That's a spirit of mammon. So you got to take authority over that spirit that rests on money, especially fear. I could really serve God if I get that raise. If God gives me this, I'll give him this. That's a spirit of mammon. When you cut deals with God and you say, if you give me this, then I'll increase and I'll do this. That's a spirit of mammon. I'll say this, if you don't tithe 10% of your income, you're struggling with the spirit of mammon. No, now, I want to say this to you as your pastor, guys. I'm not called to say just the things that I want to say in scripture. I would love to tell you, you're going to go ahead and give a blessed life no matter what you do. I'm telling you, scripture is very clear. Yes, is. And I can't leave out pages in the Bible. 10% is 10%. The word tithe means 10th. Yes, it and It's scriptural. And I want to provoke you today. Listen, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just simply encouraging you with the word of God, which is truth that brings us into the blessing that we can flourish and go ahead and accomplish the things that God has for us to accomplish. John 12, verse 4 to 6. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, that perfume was worth a year's wages, he says. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor; he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole for himself. Isn't it interesting? Judas betrayed Jesus, but he started stealing way before that betrayal. Wow. Started stealing from the disciples' money. He was he was the money guy. Wow. Started st- and listen, we got, that has happened in church before. It's not going to happen in this church because we've got all kinds of accountability financially is put in place. Isn't that right? All kinds of accountability. But Judas, it's amazing. He's, he's, the betrayal came, but he started stealing way before that. Judas didn't give because he cared about the poor. He gave to look generous. In other words, this was a counterfeit thing. Judas was a thief. Judas also betrayed Jesus, by the way, for 30 pieces of silver, which is worth about $600 in today's value. Think about that. He betrayed Jesus for 600 bucks. And here's the thing. I want to say this. How can God advance us into bigger things and expand our territory if we aren't faithful in the little? Greed is when you care more about your stuff than you do about people. Many of you would think I couldn't rob from Jesus like Judas did. I would never betray Jesus for $600. But if you don't tithe, you rob from God just like Judas. Got real quiet in here because that's a truthful statement and i'm not saying this to bring condemnation on anybody i'm hoping that god will convict your hearts that you understand this is scripture you know it's interesting to me that we trust our pastors with our souls but when it comes to money we go uh, 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 hold, hold on hold on you don't trust your pastor you need to find the church where you do And I'm trying to build that with you today by giving you the the scriptural principles. And it gets uncomfortable when we address these subjects, but it's got to get on. You go, why would you pick this message on Mother's Day? You know why? Because it's the truth that sets you free. And I want every mother and father in this room to be free. Malachi 3 verse 8, we're almost done. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are you robbing God? And God responded, you rob me of tithes and offerings. We need God's heart, and we need to repent for any spirit of mammon that's crept in and ask God to forgive us and heal our hearts, and then we need to be obedient when the Lord convicts us and shows us those things. The only way to rid fear that comes with mammon is to fear the Lord. We need to fear the Lord more than we fear stuff or not having stuff. We need to fear the Lord and understand he is Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're not talking about being afraid of God. We're talking about reverencing and awe. We're talking about reverence and awe from the Lord. We're talking about these things because that's the beginning of where we get wise. I I love this saying. It's uh, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is that uh, tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is that it doesn't belong in a fruit salad. (laughs) I'm asking the Lord for wisdom that I don't put a tomato in a fruit salad. That I don't end up conflicting things that are important that I don't conflict. This is really a a matter of where is my heart at? I want to pray and ask God today as we just bow our hearts that we would fear the Lord That we would begin to possess the wisdom, that we would begin to take the territory that God can do with us what he wants us to do and that nothing would hold us back. Especially the bondage of a spirit of mammon that would try and come on you and create fear. I'm not waving a finger at you this morning and trying to to guilt you into giving. What I'm trying to do is get you to be free from things that rob your peace. And it's especially in the area of finances for many of us worrying about where our next paycheck is coming from worrying about am I gonna have a job God? worrying about I, I, I had so many people during the pandemic that were worried about about their job and I, I don't know I'm not vaccinated am I gonna get fired and all this kind of thing, it's like hold on who's the, who's your provider the Lord Jehovah Jireh our provider and he will take care of you so father right now as we all just bow our hearts to you as we check our hearts I thank you, Lord, that you would reveal to us the areas that we need to step out and be obedient. That we could expand our territory for kingdom purposes. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done first above all. And I thank you, Lord, that as we take that step of obedience, God, that you would blow the doors and the lid off of our dreams and off off of our vision. The lid that has kept us down. The bondage of just standing still. I thank you, Lord, that you're breaking that and that you're bringing increase. I thank you, Lord, for your kingdom, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we respond out of obedience, and God, this morning, we give you our yes. Would you just say out loud, yes, Lord. We give you our yes, and we respond out of obedience. And I thank you, Lord, that we would take the territory and begin to do things that would forever change this community and this area and this world for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Just with every eye closed, I want to say this, that if your heart is not broken for the needs of others, when you meet the need of someone else, I can promise you your needs will be met. It's a scriptural principle that when you sow, you will reap. And so, Father, give us a heart for this community. Give us a heart for Huntersville, a heart for Mecklenburg, a heart for Cabarrus, for Concord, for Kannapolis, for all the surrounding areas. Father, give us a heart that we could see this kingdom come to know you. Father, we call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I thank you, Lord, that this would be a church of influence, that this would be a church that would prosper in you, that you would move on our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, we just shout amen. amen. Now, Lord, I thank you. Next week, we're going to be talking about peace and rest, and we're going to cover some things that might be robbing you from really being in a place of being able to, to rest in the satisfaction of God. And How many of you know that if I've got a disease and I want to be whole, I have to cut out the area that has a disease. I have to address that sickness. So a message like this isn't designed to wave a finger at you. It's if you want to succeed and take the territory, we've got to cut out where the disease is at. And I believe that God is in, he's in the healing business and he's healing many of you. How many of you know he's our healer? God is healing you. You got to ask, you got to reach out and say, I declare healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus and make the changes that need to be made to be whole you believe that? Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you, Lord, for every mother that's here. I thank you that you're prospering us and that we walk under your grace. We walk under your protection. We walk in your health and your wholeness from the top of our head to the soles of our feet and on the inside. And Lord, as we check our hearts this morning, I thank you, Lord, that you're healing us and you're prospering us in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, we just shout amen this morning. Yeah, I love you guys. Let's fellowship. Thank you guys. Let's give God a shout of praise. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week, 1030. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.